The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. to another edition of to homer and back the official podcast of streaking the lawn.com my name is pierce thanks for uh, listening yeah, i got the usual crew with me tonight caroline how's it going hey hey matt matt are you there yeah i'm hey. here oh how are you matt <laughs> i'm doing great we lost yeah we did we did <laughs> lost a couple times since we've been uh our regularly scheduled podcast, which uh, brings me to my opening segment, Defend Yourself, <laughs> Matt, 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 you railed for at least 45 minutes with about how bad Pittsburgh is, and then the who's lost to them in overtime, uh, Defend Yourself. I would say that the Pittsburgh loss is one of the five worst losses in Virginia basketball history. <laughs> um <laughs> This is a team that lost to Duquesne. That's true. That got, that got doubled up by Louisville. Um, I mean, this is – Pitt is a – like, they would finish middle of the road in the Sun Belt. <laughs> and we somehow lost. And I have no explanation for it. It's, it's a joke. I stand by everything I said. They are a garbage program with a garbage coach. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that that, that was oh somewhat defended. I don't know. You, you didn't apologize for promising a, uh, a win. It's his uh, fault. I know. He did this. It's probably the only reason they lost is because one dumb blogger guaranteed a win. Hey, guess what? Playing, we end the season with them at home. And we're going to win by 35. <laughs> All right. well, we'll get back to that. I think um, it listens to the podcast is what we can take away from this. <laughs> yeah, it was their message board material. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, how about <laughs> how about a, a question for that? In, in the stretch of wins, I think uh, since then, everybody's been pretty optimistic about the who's in the conference and, and, and turn the corner and things like that. I mean, they look like a damn good team recently. Following that pit win, how concerned were you for the rest of the season, Matt? I was I was pretty concerned. One because of the quality of the opponent, <laughs> um, but but two just because that that pit game. And I, I think thankfully now that we've we've moved past it a bit, mm-hmm. gotten some good wins. It's it's in perspective as as a fluke. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, uh, watching the team just rain threes like they were, right. getting manhandled on the boards. Um, was such a, a terrible combination. And, you know, we had nothing defensively, which was normally the hallmark. And the big man rotation, which is, I think, still a question um, ongoing, uh, mm-hmm. was just getting killed by everyone. And so I, I thought there were serious questions, not about, you know, 
would we make the NCAA tournament or anything, but whether or not we were a, a top four ACC kind of team or if we were more in the, in the middle. And, and thankfully, I think the, the past few games have shown it's the former. Mm-hmm. Caroline, uh, how were you feeling way back when? Um, well, primarily I realized it was all Matt's fault. Um, <laughs> one, because of his ridiculous over-the-top uh, admonition sequence or whatever of, of Pitt but also because we watched it together at the bar. So um, <laughs> two random people that I think that was the difference, but no. Um, so I don't often get to say, I told you so about stuff, but I really <laughs> like being able to say, I told you so about stuff because. Um, <laughs> That's the thing about having so many terrible food opinions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never get to do this. I told you plain chicken is better. Um, but, there's something I got a lot of flack from a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, about quote being too uh, Homerish or the orange and blue glasses or uh, making excuses for the team and never criticizing them, which I, I mm-hmm. don't think is fair. Uh, I okay. do think some issues that they that they need to take care of. I don't like the um, senseless turnovers. I would like to see <laughs> yeah. uh, you know losing those rebounding battles against teams where I think we can pick up more like it's going to be tough against teams like North Carolina um Mm -hmm. but there are definitely things that I would like to see improved upon I think that they have done a good job of improving upon those things Mm -hmm. and most of their flaws are fixable which is always a good thing um Mm -hmm. although there isn't going to be Anthony Gill like walking in the door anytime soon so that's just something that we have to deal with however um after the pit game when I said pit just shot lights out like they're not going to play like that again Mm-hmm. I feel like that's been proven <laughs> <laughs> in the recent of their yeah. six straight losses or whatever it is. Um, I mean, Jamel Artis and Michael Young are outstanding players that are stranded on an island of a crappy team. <laughs> uh, they destroyed us. Like Jamel Artis, if he had taken like a Harlem Globetrotter shot, I think it would have gone in. Like it just, it was their night. And even on top of all that, it took overtime for them to beat Virginia. So let's just yeah. – that's fair. So did it suck? Yeah, absolutely. For me, it was more of we let one go that could help in the standings later type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely since that with the five-game win streak culminating with the win at Notre Dame, which they played outstanding basketball and then pulled away down the stretch behind play, good play from young guys and senior guys and all that sort of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I actually think that this team is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd it's agree. a little scary because they're even better than like where I thought they'd be right now. If that makes sense. Like uh, they're showing, um, they're showing skills and the ability to, do things that I didn't necessarily think that was going to be the strong point of this team. Um, yeah, like what? I've been impressed. I just think that they're getting – Isaiah Wilkins in the last two games has been awesome. Like, yep. he's really had a nice touch on the ball shooting. He was 6-for-6 six six at Villanova. Um, obviously made a couple mistakes, but no one's going to go an entire game without a mistake, especially when you're playing <laughs> the level of – No, he had a good game. That you are in Notre Dame and, mm-hmm. and Villanova. But uh, I think he has been fantastic. Um, the, just the consistent production from Devin Hall, Darius Thompson, and Mariel Shayok. Mm-hmm. Um, very comforting because it's not just one guy 
that's helping out London each night, you're right. getting it from two or three guys each night. Um, I think a lot of that is, is obviously Shaq being inserted into the um, yeah. starting lineup, which we talked about on the last yeah. podcast. Absolutely. That's a great place for him. And I, I take it back. I thought he was great coming off the bench and providing mm-hmm. that spark, but he is – I still get nervous every time he shoots. <laughs> he's a shooter. I mean, he, yeah, he, he's not waiting for the set, open, yeah. perfect shot, which I know you hear Tony say a lot in, in post games and things like that. You know, don't pass up um, or, or pass up a good shot so that you can get a great shot. And Shaq does not do that. He, he takes the, yeah. the, the okay to good shots, but they're going in, and they need a little bit of that. I mean, they yeah. need a little bit of someone hunting uh, their shots. So I think there's a good balance. He's there. been a benefactor of the getting the great shot too. Yeah. And I think Isaiah Wilkins was last game too. Like some oh, of the sure. passes from Devin Hall, like Devin, where are you coming? Yeah, they were great. Oh my gosh. You are amazing. I <laughs> oh, just, I'm obsessed with him right now. <laughs> well, I will say it's a funny, um, you know, to look back at the Notre Dame game and the pit game in the same view of, you know, one team shooting the lights out against us and and another team who's very, very good. I know Notre Dame's had some recent struggles even after the UVA game. Yeah. Uh, but they're a great shooting team that shot really, really poorly against us. I think it's fun for UVA fans to celebrate when teams shoot poorly against us. But I, I don't know where the balance is, where how much of that is maybe good luck for the Who's. You know, we're, we're not that bad at defense that the pit shooting thing is, is all just bad defense and pit being. Right, absolutely. Know, there's obviously a little bit of luck on there for them to go on a run and home court and feeling it and things like that. And they've shown that they're not that good since then at shooting the ball at 70% clips. Similarly, I think Notre Dame had some bad luck. Um, and even I would say the same thing for Villanova. I'm not saying the Who's didn't outplay either team. I think the Who's absolutely dominated Notre Dame and would have won the game even if Notre Dame shot the ball a little bit better. And Villanova, towards the end of the game, started hitting those shots they usually make. I think it's just you see so much on the, the, the message boards or Twitter or whatnot, like, oh, it's just great defense. Well, it's also it's the, it's the pendulum swing and back a little bit for the who's yeah. I think. I think the defense good teams the are always going to have better luck than bad teams. So, for sure. <laughs> if you look at the um, the Villanova game, and mm. I guess I don't want to jump ahead of what we had oh, we're talking about this whole stretch. Yeah. Um, I think in both games regarding the perimeter defense, but was closer to what you should think Virginia can do than the pit game. Um, like, so I'll take for, take for example, wake, like wake is a pretty good outside shooting team. Um, mm-hmm. as they showed on how many of you guys, or if anyone watched the, the wake Duke game, but they've got shooters like, um, Crawford and, um, Woods, like those guys can shoot and they were shooting over, you know, they had a couple guys that were shooting over 40% and they did not shoot near that when they played Virginia. Um, the, one for 10 in the first half with no three pointers made by Chris Jenkins or Josh Hart. Mm. Um, they were hounded in the first half. And I'm not mm. saying that the defense like diminished in the second half, but they got those open transition looks that were just absolute momentum swinging. Sure. Daggers. Like that was the thing, like when they started hitting those and I think you hit one of those in transition. So they were six for six in the second half from right. three. Exactly. Like, that's killer. Like, and some were very well defended and some were wide open due to those transition kick 
scouts, whatever you want to say. So I think that there's a middle ground, like you're saying, but I think that we're closer to the defense that you saw. I think there was more of an impact defensively on why those teams weren't shooting as well as they normally do mm-hmm. um, in the last two games. So it's not all us, obviously, because that's that's like you said, some of it's luck, some of it's pendulum. Like sometimes you're off. Like London was right. for eleven. Like was he? that defended that well or did he just kind of have that kind of day well maybe a little bit of both you know so. yeah and i think the pit it's it's funny to that we're so optimistic about the team after the great stretch that they've had you know right after the pit loss i was like dang that's, that's a frustrating loss obviously they they could have easily won i know this team isn't that good to to beat us and you know one more free throw goes in or whatnot and it doesn't even go to overtime but my point being i wasn't that concerned by it in in terms of the future of the season uh you know it's a road loss in conference yada yada it's tough uh but since then Pitt has looked so so bad it's actually become more more concerning of a loss for me um the 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 ability that they can lose to such a bad team or maybe Pitt just you know used up all their good karma what like who did they sell their soul to get that win Matt I want to I want to hear your take on maybe um some of the other games uh, going on the road to Clemson and winning, certainly impressive. I think a big statement with, with it being the following road game. You know, they come back, they beat Wake pretty easily. Um, you go on the road to Clemson, coming off a national championship party. Was that more impressive uh, to you than the Georgia Tech win, uh, which they, they absolutely dominated a Georgia Tech team that's been beating some really good teams and looked like absolute crap at the JPJ. Yeah, I actually think I think the Georgia Tech win is the most impressive one. Clemson Clemson's good because, like you said, they they strategically decided to beat Alabama right before they played us. <laughs> uh, they could have that nice parade that ended right there, and we've had um, bad history in Little John up until the past you know year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but Georgia Tech is probably the biggest surprise in the ACC right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they they've beaten Carolina, Florida State, Notre Dame. They should have beaten Virginia Tech. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that we had them at home, and at home we're, uh, we're a different team, and it, it's not the, the the press around going on the road there. But that game, we won by 13, and it was it really wasn't close. It was never – that was one of those games that yeah. you could turn off, and, and no one ever felt worried at any point in time. Not at all. Um, and, and so I think that was well, – maybe Carolina. Maybe Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't understand how Josh Pastner became a good coach. Um, and it, it robbed me of the game that I said was what I was looking forward to the most all season, which was the, the Austin Nichols revenge game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. It's pour one out. Um, but, <laughs> but no, I, I think the, the Georgia Tech game is, to me, it it's one of our probably three most impressive wins on the season, right? Because you look at it, We've had a good stretch. Um, and I know people are starting to get frustrated because the, the bracketology is coming out more frequently. We're still, you know, we're the ninth-ranked team in the country. Yeah, who cares? A lot of these. Right, I, I agree. But when you look at it, our wins are actually – it's Louisville, which was good. It's Notre mm-hmm. Dame, which was great. And then Georgia Tech might be the third-best win on that schedule. I mean, it's – you know, it's two good losses to Florida State and Nova. Um, but we haven't really – play the meat of the schedule yet in terms of the the home and home with Carolina. Sure. Louisville again, having to freaking go to Syracuse. Um, <laughs> so, so right now, I, th- I think that's one of our better wins on the season. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know the big story following that game, and maybe following some more recent games too, is who is emerging as uh, you know the person who's going to help London Brennis, or, <laughs> or who's just going to be the star of the team. And it's not always London. Uh, and in that game, it was Jack Salt very clearly. So uh, Caroline, I assume you want to uh, blow about Jack Salt for. I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Jack Salt. This is going to be Um That game was Jack Salt's coming out party. It was Ben Lammers is arguably one of the most improved players in the ACC. You can talk about Crawford or Collins at Wake Forest, mm. um, Luke Kennard maybe even. Uh, sure. I don't know. Because he was good last year anyway, so I don't know if he's really improved that much or people are just starting to notice him. But Ben Lambers is one of the guys that has been just ridiculous, like blocking everything. I think he had like four four blocks a game, coming in 15 points a game, almost 10 rebounds a game. Jack Salt played a career-high 35 minutes in that game. He only sat down for five minutes. He held that kid to seven points, technically five, and that's almost really <laughs> because the first basket Lammer scored was on Reuter. So Jack was getting one of his short breaks. Um, and then there was a help play, whatever. Seven points. He had six rebounds, I think it is. Um, and it was just incredible. Like it was, it showed a few things as well as the next game um, against, um, what am I blanking out on? Oh, Notre Dame too. Mm-hmm. I love watching games where you can see Coach Bennett adopt the pack line to fit not only the pieces he has, but what they're playing against. Because they did not post-trap Lammers. And okay. he told Jack, he was like, he is your responsibility. It is going to be one-on-one defense, and it's it's on you. And Jack stepped up to the challenge. There aren't many players in the ACC that match up that well with Jack. And I think what was really interesting about – um the Notre Dame game is people didn't think that Jack would be playing a lot in either that one or Villanova. And I think uh-huh. he played very well in both of those games. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bonzi his- got his, but that, that wasn't because Jack was playing. Right. He's just that good of a player. And that was another thing about what I thought was awesome about the defense and what Tony Bennett was willing to do was with Notre Dame having that many excellent outside shooters, he was almost like, I'm willing to let Bonzi get his. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be two points, Vice Bonzi kicking it to Vestoria or Rex Fluger or <laughs> Merrill or any of the number of bench players that shoot 85% from three for Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yep. rather than kicking out and letting those guys just get in a rhythm and start draining threes. So it, it, it's been really interesting to see how you can keep the pack line principles, but manipulate it to fit the opponent um and i think that that's where the defense has really stood out to me in the past few games gotcha well i think another recent surprise in terms of star players obviously the past two games uh everybody keeps calling him little ty jerome he's like six five i think like, he's a tall dude he's, he's tall huge point guard uh, but it certainly got the baby face thing going on and uh, I think that that'll bring us to our second defend yourself segment of the a surprise <laughs> defend yourself because Matt Ellis has been just dogging on the minutes Ty was getting for the season. And now he's been more aggressive with this shot and it's paying dividends for the who's. So Matt, uh, not necessarily defending yourself, but what, what are your thoughts uh, with this recent star freshman? 
star freshman is overstating a little bit. What? You got, you got one double okay, digit. Now it's a defend yourself. Now it's a defend yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, I, my, my gripe with Ty all season has been, I got what we put him out there because he's going to be the point next year, presumably. Um, but if he was going to be out there, he needed to shoot the ball. And he looked afraid to shoot through, you know, the first 10, 15 games of the season. Um, and up until really Notre Dame, it seemed like when the ball got to him, he wasn't looking to shoot. He, the offense sort of stopped, the movement stopped, and he was a minus defensively. Um, and I, I think what's great is that he's now hunting his shot. And we, we saw it against Notre Dame where then it was just open threes and he was just willing to take them, which was great. Um, if he's going to actually create off the dribble like he did against Villanova, that'll mm-hmm. be awesome because um, I didn't know that he could do some of those things. Mm-hmm. He, it's, it's still – it's a little bit like the old guy at the YMCA, though. It's all like these, like, off-balance runners where he's six inches off the floor. Um, Sounds like Malcolm Brogdon. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Until Malcolm transformed and started dunking on NBA All-Stars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the, the the Twitterverse blowing up about Malcolm Brogdon and going where were these dunks uh, when he was playing for Tony Bennett is is so idiotic because oh, I remember talking about people. I get so angry. Yeah, and just I mean, if he played for Duke, then they would have had uh, you know dunk footage. At the, you know, oh, look what he did in college! But you know, like, like he's being held back by Tony Bennett to not <laughs> dunk. He dunked. But like, who would have thought that a year in we'd be more likely to see Malcolm Brogdon in the dunk contest than Justin? Oh, yeah, no, of course. I mean, no one, no one should have expected this. I don't I think, think that's why his dunks are getting so much more attention because everyone's like. Wait, this dude just dunked on him? Well, they're also super violent looking. <laughs> <laughs> he even started throwing some swag in at the end, which is just kind of like, did Malcolm just like mean mug his own bench to be like, yeah, buddy? Oh, I love it. It's just, anyway. Do you have I, uh, yet? So just to jump on what Matt said about like, oh, I didn't know Ty could like create his own shot. Not only did he create his own shot, he called for ISO in a game <laughs> on the road against number one, Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly on which play it was, Virginia was down two points with, like, 15 seconds left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he waved off. Anyway, and he uh, was perfect. No, that's, that's a, a strong point. Like, that's what's been really cool to see. And he's just confident in his shot. And I agree with Matt. Like, he needed to shoot more. He needed to show, you know, what he was doing. But, like, over the last two games, he's 9 for 13, 56% from three. And he scored 23 points. With a steal and assist, no turn, and sorry, one turnover in 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Matt Farrell too. Like he's taken on some like pretty good defenders. Yeah, I was impressed with Matt Farrell at the beginning of the season. I've done a 180 on my opinion of Matt Farrell. <laughs> I'm not sure Matt Farrell is good. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. Oh, well, you know what, Matt? We don't take any more of like who you think is good. <laughs> oh, 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 it's true. We don't. <laughs> Matt Carroll could beat you, Kane. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> could beat you, Kane. So, it beat Maryland, and Maryland's leading the Big Ten, so whatever. Uh, a somewhat related question. Should we be worried about Kyle Guy? I already know what your answers are, but I wanted to hear you explain them. Caroline. Uh, no, he's going to shoot through it and he's going to be fine. He'll get his swag back. He'll figure it out. It's just a freshman slump. I, I'm not Should he much. cut his hair and see if that helps? Ooh, um, I'm torn on that because <laughs> I like his stance of 
let the haters keep hating. Like sure. it's kind of seems like you're giving in to the crowd if you cut it. Um, but I would also be okay with the change of uh, Juju to see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I could go either way on that. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if you cut it because I think it looks silly. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I don't hate it. Like I like I like his reason for keeping it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Else, a little bit. Um, I, I'm not. I, I mostly agree with Caroline. I think it'll be fine as long as he keeps shooting. I want him to keep shooting. Mm-hmm. I wonder. You know, I I don't know. I, I feel like we're too early in the season for it to be him starting to to wear down from the grind of it. But maybe with all mm-hmm. the off season stuff that he did and everything, and um, that that it is. You know, maybe his, his legs just aren't there, and he needs a couple of more of those weeks where we only have one or two games as opposed to the ones where we've got three games yeah. and seven nights. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it's definitely transition. He doesn't look tired or anything to me. But yeah, but he it weighs like 42 pounds. <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah, I, I think he's having... I think that's a hard thing to speculate on either way. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but he is having to... He's having to, as we're playing these better teams, he's really having to fight through a lot more of those screens. Sure, and he needs to come off them quicker. Yeah, and, and so the the he's getting open looks still, but they're open and they're closing a lot quicker um, than they ever were before. And I, I think that's something that he's still sort of adjusted to. But but no, he should keep shooting. I mean, it's you know he, if he's not going to start shooting, I don't know what the hell he is going to do. So. Well, he's he's had he's had good and bad experiences taking it to the hole. I would say, yeah, that's fair. good experiences getting there across the board. Finishing has been uh, another another question. The one thing that's good is his shots still look good. Like when oh, he's yeah. yeah. still it's like it's going in. It's almost yeah. the opposite of like when Wilkins or Shayok shoots it, and I'm like, no chance. Oh, it went in. Um, <laughs> it's more like I'm like, oh, that missed. That's weird. So, uh, I, I like Shayak's shot a lot, but yeah, Kyle's, Kyle's got the prettiest yeah, one. He just makes me nervous. <laughs> I love him. I think I'm every time when his when his first shot goes in, I'm like, oh man, Mario's going off for twenty. Like, but, you know, I just, sometimes it just makes me a little, yeah. a little nervous. One more roster management discussion. Uh, I think the big man rotation has certainly switched around. I think they've, you know, like we were talking about last time, they've set um, uh, an idea of going with, you know, a smaller lineup more often than they usually are, and that's impacted things. And I think Jack's been playing really well and playing longer minutes. I mean, he played the whole second half uh, against Georgia Tech, I believe. He's played an enormous amount of minutes. And we haven't been seeing as much uh, from the other guys. Wondering, do you think that's going to stay that way? I mean, is it a good thing if it stays that way, Matt? I, I think we're going to have to adjust it at some point. Um, you know, whether it's against Villanova, I think it was not by choice. It was by foul trouble, um, mm-hmm. really, that we, we probably went small more than we wanted to in that game, even against the Villanova team that likes to spread it out. Um, but I, I just I look at some of the the teams that we're going to play and playing against Carolina that's going to bring in five different big guys who are all going to kill you on the boards. You can't do it with Jack and Isaiah each playing thirty five minutes and getting sure. out yeah. of Mamadi and Reuter. And and that's an extreme example because Carolina is one of the the best teams in the country, obviously. Um, but I, I think there are going to be games where whether it's Mamadi or it's Jared um, or it's a little bit of both you're going to need something out of those guys. And so I, I, I'm fine with us going small for stretches, but neither one of those guys saw the floor for a second against Villanova. And that I, was I super surprising. I, yeah. I don't think that's sustainable um, going forward. But I yep. don't think it will be 
I don't know. It's and I know a lot of people have been very vocal about, about especially about Mamadi not playing. Um, and I think that there's something with the way that Isaiah's playing. And you're right; they can't constantly have him in all the time and not get any sort of reprieve. Uh, but I think with Wilkins performing better on the offensive end too, it's kind of made him more like stay in longer. I think maybe I don't know. Mm. Mamadi is still just like the ceiling is so high. And that's why I think everyone is starting to be like, why isn't he in? Why isn't he in? Why is he should be getting these minutes. Um, and I, there's, I agree with that to an extent or to a degree, but I will defer to coach Bennett on this one. And <laughs> I don't want to sound like a homer, or like what any of that stuff, but like, there's yeah. a reason that he's consistently perf- like, coaching these great teams there's yeah. a reason that jay wright is saying that he's one of the best players and one of the best coaches in the game there's a reason that buzz williams is saying that this guy's gonna that he's gonna be in the hall of fame like tony's a great coach and he sees them at practice he sees them in situations that we do not and i do think the biggest part of it is that both jack and isaiah have stepped up their game which allows that four guard rotation with one of the big guys to be a little less it shortens that rotation mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't think any, I think any be, of I us think are. I think you'll see them. Um, actually, they could play a big part against Virginia Tech because they have a strange yeah. Yeah. four guard. Sometimes I'm really worried about Chris Clark. I'm just going to say that right now. He's, He's a good player. Yeah. He's the one that makes me the most nervous. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, I think um, we're all on team. Uh, Tony Bennett knows more than I do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyone. Um, but, you know, this, this is what we do. We speculate and we, yeah, we wonder about what what we would do or, or decide upon. Um, I, I have a question from the Twitter response. Uh, the losses, there's a, a big unifying stat in the losses that this team has collected. And it's the absurd difference in the amount of free throws that have been shot uh, by the opposing team. You're setting Carolina for this. And by the UEA. I'm over here shaking my head angrily. I'm going to ask it this way. I want to hear all the reasons that can contribute to that. And and give me like a rough percentage of the pie that you think (laughs) paints that picture. Why? Is that the case in these games? Is it a hundred percent the refs didn't get into UVA when they applied, however many years ago, or is it zero percent that uh, you know, and, and the multitude of other things that factor in? And in Carolina, and you're chopping out the bits. So, uh, right. so give me, give me some some data. So I will actually against Florida State. That was, I will say. 95% the guys did not get physical enough in the lane. They did not drive the lane. They did not push the ball as much as they should have to take advantage like Florida State was doing. That one, I think I think the three big games, and correct me if I'm wrong, Florida State, Pitt, and, and Villanova um, are the mm-hmm. ones that really were the big disparity games. Um, and it's just kind of like um, they – the. I don't remember Pitt. I really just want to focus on Villanova because I think that they've done better since Florida State and Pitt. Yeah. Um, and, Bennett has uh, opinions. <laughs> I think, yeah, sorry. She's no, no worries. To me from the other room. Um, I think what was frustrating for me about the Villanova game 
was that there's two, there's one thing I really can't stand. And that's when an offensive player drives the lane with clearly no plan out of control and gets bailed out with a foul call. Cause I don't think uh-huh. that the defense really has anything that they can do there. And that's something um, that, you know, you see it out of Grayson Allen a lot, or you'll see it out of, <laughs> I don't mean like to pick on Grayson Allen, but he no, you does see that, that well. Yeah, he does yeah. that well. He gets to the lane. He creates contact. Maybe throws his head a little bit, throws an arm. <laughs> really you can be him. honest. He snaps his head back like every yes, like he's been shot by a sniper. Um, yeah, exactly. He does that well. Josh Hart and um, Brunson were doing it very well for Villanova, but it's frustrating. I can only imagine how frustrating it is for the players because it was frustrating for me watching because it's just like, I don't know what the defender is supposed to do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Villanova had 22 points in the first half. 13 of them were from the free throw line. Oh, like, yeah. That's insane. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that. So a lot of times people say like, oh, well, then you need to get more physical if you know the refs are calling it tight. And I think that especially London and Mario in the second half made smart drives to the hoop and were getting contact foul they were getting fouled <laughs> yeah they yeah. were being fouled and not getting those calls so yeah. those resulted in turnovers that would then result in transition plays which is how villanova got back in the game is that villanova's fault no i'm not saying that they like have some deep conspiracy theory or whatever but london was so visibly frustrated like after he made one basket where it should have been an and one like he went down the length of the court looking at the ref with his arms in there like what? Yeah. Like what? What is? What am I missing here? You know yeah. what I mean? So I think there's a like people always say like, oh well, Virginia is just not good at getting to the line. Like they're 349th in free throw attempts. Sure. That's the only stat that the players cannot fix or change on their own. Like <laughs> it re- it can only change if fouls are called, mm-hmm. which is independent of what like they can't make a ref blow the whistle. You know what I mean? So that's where yeah. it gets frustrating to throw that stat back at them when that stat is created by the refs if that makes mm. any sense so that's where i get frustrated because i don't ne- i never want to say like oh we lost the game because the refs did this because there were turnovers and there were you know but when a team when they had 32 points 16 of them were from the line and mm. are you really and villanova plays a very physical strong solid defense They're, they played very well defensively but are you really telling me that in 14 minutes and 51 seconds of a very physically contested game they did not foul once mm. and again not saying that the refs were like oh because it's virginia i just think that the refs did not have a good day and that mm. that in some way maybe affected the outcome of the game <laughs> did you play very well and was it an, a win-win situation for them in some senses yeah it was a non-conference loss by a tip in at the buzzer on the road against the reigning national champs that will do more for them down the line than maybe winning by 10 would have but it's still frustrating to have it be that close and see the biggest like, the frustration the guys were like they're you know and, and they did the, they said the right things they took the high road and when mm-hmm. asked them after the game like hey did you see the differences here like it's they took 24 and you guys took three like london said like you know yeah i don't have anything to say about that like you know, the refs call the game. We can try and create contact. We got to play through contact. And uh, they said the right stuff. All right. You know? Well, real quick, what, what percentage makes up the explanation for this? Oh, uh, I'm not good at math. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. That was, uh, uh, I'll say 50% us not selling the contact or creating enough of it throughout the game. I'll say, 20% refs just not really having a great day. 
uh, 5% refs didn't get in. Um, and uh, now you've lost track of how much you I've have lost. Track. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was majority. You can still say that maybe, you know, like they should have, I'll say 50 50 on UVA, like not doing what they should have. But I think that there was just the refs were a little, little off. All right. All right, Matt, let's hear, let's hear what you've got to say. Uh, I'm still trying to add up, Caroline. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the Villanova game was the first one that I've had an issue with the refereeing. Um, I mean, yeah. Florida State is a has always been a physical team, and so mm-hmm. you're not going to get the the calls against them, um, and and they'll they'll get to the line. Uh, the Pitt game, even though Pitt I don't think is necessarily a physical team, we got worked on the boards, and I think we just got out hustled in that game. Um, to the point where I, I wasn't surprised that we weren't getting some of the calls there. The Nova game, I, I don't really get it. I mean, there was there were clearly some drives where London, who had an off game, was going in and was just turning the ball over while trying to make a play. But there were a lot of those, specifically for me, the, the Mariel drives where he goes down the baseline and then jumps back up to create the angle to make the shot, jumps back mm-hmm. up the lane, where the guys were coming over on him from, from behind and I, I thought we should have gotten foul calls there, and I don't mm-hmm. know why we didn't. Um, you know, it. I. I don't know that it cost us the game because I, I find it hard to believe to just like really simply do the math and say, okay, Villanova had twenty-two points in the first half, twelve were from the free throw line. If it had been refereed correctly, we would have been up thirty to ten. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that necessarily logically follows, um, but it. You know, if that game is is refereed fairly, we win. Um, but <laughs> but you know, if if we guard a couple of wide open threes, we win. And if we box out the weird redheaded guy at the end, we win. <laughs> so I, I, that guy's hair color still confuses me. Um, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I know what you mean. I, I I think it's hard to find the balance between. It was clearly not ref fairly, and and you know UVA Twitter arguing with Jay Billis, who's like check the tape, and it's like not you know like I I watched the game, yeah. <laughs> plenty of calls, and and the idea that that oh well they let calls go when Villanova players are fouled too, it's it just doesn't make sense to to blanketedly say no, I must have been ref fairly. You know, it, it it clearly wasn't statistically, and anybody who watched the second half can realize that there was at least a bit of an issue going on. I think you're right. You know, you, you, the players say the right thing, and and it's always one of a million things can go right or wrong, and the, yeah. the factor in if you're going to win or not. But it, it got ridiculous in the second half of the Villanova game, and I don't think it is poor form for fans to complain about that. I think people are really quick to go, oh, I don't want to blame it on the refs. And that's fine. You know, we all know the fans who every loss is the refs' fault. And, you know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and that's true. When the (laughs) Detroit Lions are losing, it's usually the refs' fault. But other than that in sports, um, it usually isn't the refs' fault that your team's losing. But that Villanova game was inexcusable. I mean, that, that I think to me was tape sending and worthy, not that anyone would actually care. And I think it brings it to maybe one thing that wasn't brought up is UVA still doesn't get the respect that yeah. the name brand teams get. And I think we do get games where we benefit from the refs. And I'm the first one on Twitter, I think at UVA Twitter, to go, hey, 
definitely a, a lot of the calls are going our way. Yeah, today. absolutely. There and, are definitely games that that happens. And yeah. for me, I don't ever think that a game like a, a fairly refereed game does not mean that both teams shoot the same number of free of throws. Not. You know, of like, course not. and that's yeah. something that I just wanted to add was like. I don't think that because they got 24 free throws that we should have 24 free throws just to make it right. fair. I think probably reasonably there would be in the, in the, like the 14 to 15 free throw range, right. I would have thought would be like, and that's still a differential of 10 free throws right. or so. But I think that it, it doesn't necessarily, and there are definitely some calls where you, and that's just how basketball goes because there are still human referees. Like I get that. Like right. there are going to be some calls that go for and against you. And, it, and generally in, in the course of a game, it evens out. I think right. that's where in this game, um, it's just a shame that it wasn't refereed a little bit closer. <laughs> I think that's my biggest yeah. thing. Like, and again, it's, like, it's very true that UVA doesn't play the style that le- lends itself yes. to getting lots of foul calls. They don't crash offensive boards. No. You know, they take a lot of jump shots. They're not slashing and driving, and they're not snapping their heads back. Like, yeah. uh, do- and I don't want them to. Right. I'd rather, you know what I mean? Like, I never want that because someone, someone else kept saying, like, oh, they need to sell them better. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm good with yeah. that not happening because but they're yeah, also like missing better. what Joe was really good at and Malcolm yeah. was pretty good at, which was faking a guy on the shot and getting into the lane and getting clearly fouled, you know. Uh, but that Villanova game, it, it, it's unfortunate that it just lends itself to be like, oh, well, UVA doesn't play the style of play at Villanova because UVA was giving it to him. Just yeah. as much as Villanova was, particularly. And it's just, like, Anthony Gill was the guy last year that I would get mm-hmm. frustrated for because he was, I called him the anti Hansbro. Because, like, when Tyler Hansbro played, you'd look at him and it was a foul. Like, <laughs> Anthony <laughs> well, that's was. That's sort of what I mean. Yeah. yeah, you would get mugged. Like, Anthony would get mugged and it was nothing. And I think that now we have the guy on defensive end opposite that, the opposite Hansbro where Jack Salt just looks like he's fouling oh, people. I mean, like, yeah. And he, he got called for a couple that were like, oh, man, yeah. like, you got to be kidding me. Like, just because he's gigantic. Yeah. And, like, I've been they don't know what to do with him. It's oh. Jason Kane sy- syndrome. You know, he's, yeah. it's just a goofy white guy. And, the, and the, like, he must have fouled him. You know, I don't he know. he's standing him. there. Like, that ball went out of bounds. Like, there's no way he caused that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so, and that hurts when you have guys. And that was the thing too, like not necessarily just the fouls thing, but like um, Brad Franklin from Caps Corner posted a picture of Devin clearly getting fouled by Josh Hart, which would have been Hart's fourth, and that would have been in like the 13 minute mark. Um, <laughs> and that makes a difference, you know. Like, does he go to the oh, bench? Sure. Like, yeah. How does that change things? And and that's where when London's sitting for a while because he is three, whether or not they were deserved or earned. Uh, you know, and yeah. I won't, I don't remember each one, but you know, like it, it does affect the flow and the fluidity of the game. So anyway, it's, it's unfortunate that it's what we're talking about from the villain. I know. And I know we, we talked yeah. about all the right things too. Yeah. Uh, the game was awesome. This, like that was just a really, <laughs> despite all the things I just said over the last like rant, that game was an outstanding college basketball game to watch. Sure. Like absolutely. I'm really, really glad that that was on Fox and that there were people that got to see an exciting game that despite what people will tell you was played at Virginia's pace. Like, because mm-hmm. Villanova is not a fast playing team. Like that mm-hmm. was a Virginia pace game and people were ranting and raving about it, about how mm-hmm. this was like a tournament caliber game. And, and I think it was really, really good for the program because no one expected them to win it, let alone win at Notre Dame as well. So I think it was a really mm. big week for the guys. 
All right. Well, uh, I think our, you know, maybe a combo final topic for us is going to be real quick. How have the past couple of weeks impacted uh, your general overview for, for what we should expect for this team in the postseason? Where, you know, where do you see this team at? And, uh, and then we'll get into Virginia Tech predictions. So let's, let's go with general overview first, Matt. Uh, how has your opinion changed uh, from the pit game until now? <laughs> You know, I, I think we are a, a top four ACC team um, mm-hmm. pretty fairly solidly. I mean, I, I guess there's still five teams there with us, Florida State, Louisville, and, and Notre Dame that are all pretty good and all pretty close. Um, and, and North Carolina, sorry, I forgot the fifth. Um, but I, I think we're a pretty solid top four team. I didn't think that this was a team, that we had a team that could compete for an ACC regular season title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now we can. Um both because they're more consistent and the talent is probably a little bit better than I thought. And the schedule sort of breaks our way. Um, with the, the games that we have left. I mean, the, really? I, I think so. Duke is <laughs> oddly optimistic. Duke is at home. Um, when you look at Carolina's schedule, they still have Duke twice, us twice, Louisville and Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we've got Duke at home, Louisville for whatever reason, is just a good matchup for us. Um, and then we have Carolina, and that's really the rest is sort of the mid to yeah. the lower tier of the ACC. Um, so, you know, I, I think this should be a double by team in the ACC tournament. I think it's a team that yeah. should be a, a one or two seed in the tournament. And if you're doing that um, in this year, you're getting a top three seed in the NCAAs. And, and from there, it's, it's matchups. I'm not guessing on that. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> Don't play my stupid game, <laughs> Caroline. Um, I think absolutely top four in the ACC. No, no question. Um, but you were thinking that beforehand. Right? I was thinking that beforehand. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't change for me. But um, I, I, I'm. Well, I actually think that they have a a pretty good shot though at just the regular season title. With Florida State losing the way that they did the last two was very helpful because they do have the the easiest, uh, if you will, with it being ACC, call it what you will. Yeah. Um, but they played and they played extraordinarily well in their front loaded portion of their schedule, um, and I thought because of that that it would be very tough to catch up with them. Um, but yeah, I think that the games that they have are challenging. If they're able to split the Carolina games, beat Duke, and beat Louisville. I think that that's a strong, like, I think they have a really good shot at, at one or two in the, in the ACC. Um, yeah. That's a huge if though, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's <laughs> Absolutely. Those are three, three really, really good teams. <laughs> yeah. um, no pressure guys. You just have right. to beat like the blue bloods and, and win everything else. One of the hottest teams <laughs> in the country right now, but you know, um, but yeah, I think after watching the Villanova game, this team just has it. It just has something that I really like, and I don't know if I can necessarily put my finger on it yet. Um, it's just there's some sort of because even after the comeback by Villanova, like they showed some real grit. They showed, um, I don't know. I just really like the way that they're playing, and I like the makeup. And this team is about as unselfish as any team that you'll ever find. Um, and the fact that Darius Thompson's still out here lit, like hitting big three pointers, and that Devin yeah. is playing the way that he's playing like there's just very small role players that have really bought into that role um that I find really again it's all matchups like Matt said so you never know what 
what's going to happen if you get put across from another crazy three-point shooting team that gets real hot like you know what are you gonna but I, I think my overall season expectation has probably increased um over the past week or so two weeks uh-huh. um and it's very exciting that by losing at villanova they guaranteed us the national championship which, which was very polite <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. Very, hopefully very that works out yeah. um yeah i mean I, I don't think i'm quite as optimistic on their chances of winning the regular season um or even finishing it second i think it's possible obviously they're good <laughs> enough to do it but i, I think the schedule is just too killer uh, to keep pace with unc um and maybe we'll say those three monday games that's those three saturday monday combos yeah i do think they'll finish top four um i just don't see three other teams gaining on like fsu louisville and notre dame two of which they have tiebreakers on but uh, you know they'll play louisville again and and could easily lose that game and louisville is very very good um yeah I, i would say i'm still more optimistic than i was pre this stretch because uh, they've looked so damn good for most of the stretch so i think to me it, it does speak to their chances um in the ncaa's because they seem to be a team that is able to grind it out uh with the elite teams in the country yeah. i'm worried about unc heavily in matchups um, and I'm interested, you know, I'll be interested to see how they play against Duke. Duke has lost a lot. It's still Duke and it's still got a lot of talent that I think matches up poorly, uh, for Virginia. So yeah. that, that could be a tough one. Um, but we'll see. I, obviously I think they're very strong. So, and should be a top four. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen, uh, tomorrow night? Uh, oh. quick, quick predictions, whether you want to name a score or just a, a the size we're going to win by or, or people you're looking for. I'm, I'm not going to hammer you down with specific questions. I want general impressions of tomorrow night's game against the Hokies, Matt. Uh, UVA wins 67 to 60. All right. um, I think it'll be a close game. Um, you know, Tech just seems to play as close. Buzz is a good coach. And, yeah. and Seth Allen going back to when he was oh, at Baylor is always giving us issues because he's so quick. Yeah, uh, and and London for as good as he is and how good of a defender he is, isn't just isn't quite as as agile. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if you see Devin on on him a lot trying to to cross match that. If Ty Jerome ever ends up guarding him, then pray because um, <laughs> that's not going to go well. Um, but I uh, ultimately I I think we're I think Tech is a, a good team this year. I think we're still a better team. Um, and I think we'll end up pulling this out. I'm, I'm more confident um, because it's at home. So. All right. Um, I am just terrified. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I should feel better because they don't really, knock on wood, they don't really do the letdown game thing. If there ever was a time, even though they lost to Villanova, like just that type of game, I think. Um, sure is something that coming back f- down from and, and <laughs> what was funny was London post game said like, yeah, you have to remember that it's still March. Like this is the end of our season. Like having that out of conference game in the middle of the season was kind of weird. Cause it's like a strange setting anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not over yet. Hey, good. That wasn't it. Um, I can see 
Virginia winning by 20, or I can see it being a close game throughout, and I won't have any nails by the end of it. Like, I really don't know what to expect um, because of the things. Like I said before, Chris Clark, I think, is an outstanding player, um, and he's a transition guy, and how who matches up best with him, I don't know. Um, it's another game where they'll play four guards, um, I think our four guards are better than their four guards overall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Seth Allen is shooting like 48% from three right now. So mm-hmm. it's always a threat. Um, I think that they win by double digits late down the stretch. Yeah. The line is 12 and a half, by the way. I, I, yeah, I, I was going to say 12. That's um, comforting to me. See, that makes me more nervous. <laughs> nah, <laughs> Vegas knows way more than you do yeah, and way more than true. I do. Um, and I'm really glad that this one is, is home first. Right. Um, yeah. that, that the game following Villanova against Virginia Tech is at JPJ. Like, yeah. if it were at Castle, oh. Uh, <laughs> well, let me say. I'm in like a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The schedule's weird with the so weird. doubles. Um, it's like uh, that's how we play Florida State within like a week of each yeah. other. It, you know, it happens. But uh, I, I will say definitively, uh, going into this, this, this game, you cannot lose. Um, I know one game doesn't make or break even conference play. Um, this this game would be an inexcusable loss. In I think Tony knows that. Um, Tony's just seems too nice for rivalries, and I don't like that. <laughs> and maybe it's not true, but that's my impression of him. It certainly doesn't say too much to suggest otherwise. Um, but that's his style. Uh, they, they cannot let Virginia Tech think they're going to win it. Yeah. They can't let them leave the building thinking they're on the same level. Uh, as a team, you know, this is a, a game to come out and completely, you know, pull, do what they did to Georgia Tech from, from start yeah. to finish. And there's one, there's one thing, like, they're just not strong. I was looking at um, the Ken Palm stuff, and mm-hmm. they're very bad at um, rebounding. Like, they don't get a lot of their – their offensive rebounding mm-hmm. is not strong. So that if we can limit second-chance opportunities – um, like when I say like not good, they're 302nd in the country. Gotcha. Um, like, so if, if we can hound the shooters enough that they're taking not great shots, I feel pretty good about getting those rebounds. And, you know, that, I think that's going to be the biggest, if we can make that a thing that goes on, which would be awesome. Um, yeah, All right. I'm nervous. Anyway, I always <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's a good spread. So hopefully, uh, next time we're talking about who's won that game comfortably and uh, relax your nerves early on in the match. <laughs> um, after that, I mean, it, it just gets worse and worse with the difficulty that you know, at Syracuse hosting <laughs> and then at Blacksburg. Yeah. Uh, for another matchup there. So plenty to look forward to in the first few weeks of February. Uh, that's five games in the first 15 game, fifteen days of February. So yeah. a lot of basketball. A lot could change in the conference. I assume uh, ACC teams are going to keep losing to each other, um, as you see in the power rankings. Every week, this conference is absolutely nuts in terms of parity, uh, which is a fun thing. 
and the best part of you know college basketball that and that their games on every night which is <laughs> also the, the best, best. Uh, but until then uh stay tuned to streak of the blonde for you know more of us talking and such and uh we'll be back with a podcast sometime soon i'm sure until then uh for matt and caroline and i'm pierce uh go hoops Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.